are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Friday, August 27, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. Today on the show, we're going to get into the weeds a little bit with Joe Rose of WQAM, the Joe Rose Show. Former Dolphins great tight end Joe Rose. Uh, Joe's been a regular on the show over the last couple of weeks, and I just have to say, it has been an absolute pleasure getting to know Joe, talk ball with Joe. Uh, he is an encyclopedia of knowledge with the team. Every once in a while, the man is kind enough, as he is today, to drop a couple nuggets in there uh, as far as things that are going to help you understand this football team a little bit better. And I'm excited for today's conversation and for you all to get that taste of what Joe brings to the table for yourself because this is the third time he's been on. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's the best one we've had yet until hopefully the next one. So without further ado, back by popular demand, Mr. (laughs) Joe Rose himself. Joe, happy Friday to you on the podcast. We're recording on Thursday evening, but happy Friday to you. Uh, How was your week this past week? Things treating you well down there in uh, South Florida? You know, it's it's interesting, Kyle, in this business. First of all, our fan base is, is not very patient, at least part of it right now. Um, and they want to see how this thing's going to play out. I think people are really excited about football. You and I have talked about that, about this thing starting back up again. But um, like we both talked about last week, I, I thought it was a positive step, no matter who played mm-hmm. for the Atlanta Falcons. I thought it was good for the psyche uh, of this football team where – Everybody is under a microscope and we're beating certain positions up and players up. I thought it was a good overall week what the team really needed. Yeah. And obviously you, you mentioned the impatience or the anxiety or whatever it is, but you know, seeing Will Fuller and Devonte Parker back out at practice, I'm sure a lot of dolphins fans heartbeats kind of came back down. Okay. It's going to be all right there. You know, Will Fuller was out there for consecutive days, Devonte out there with consecutive days in the red practice Jersey. So uh, we obviously had a, a big piece of news that dropped on Thursday, but as I'm leading into that, I want to get your opinion on it. Uh, I was on the, uh, the Joe Rose show on Tuesday morning and you guys hit me with a couple of, uh, cutoffs for the roster. And I told yeah. you I was going to tag you back for yeah, it. Yeah, so, I, I deserve that. Yeah. Full disclosure, uh, we're going to get into some roster stuff today. Uh, and, and I want to give you factor fictions. And, and I'm going to make a statement and I want to know your opinion, what you've seen, what your gut tells you okay. uh, about the roster. But the first one is factor fiction. The Dolphins are making the right decision by sitting to a tongue of Iloa for the third preseason game on Sunday against the Bengals. Oh, I would like to have seen him play a little bit with two weeks before the start, or I'd like to have seen him play a little bit more. Um, if we're going to play that starting offensive line or potentially most of that starting offensive line, I would have loved to have seen two in there a little bit more, not a lot, but listen, two weeks out. Um, this is brand new to, to the league, right? From the last preseason mm-hmm. game and have two weeks before the opener so this moves it back and so because of that like we're going to see Cincinnati Joe Burrow's going to play in this game I don't know how much but and that means if Joe Burrow's playing they're going to play their best offensive line they're going to try to get their best players offensively out there with them um so 
three weeks out of just practicing, you know, two and a half weeks out. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd like to see him play a little bit. Okay, and that's a good follow-up for me is uh, fact or fiction, the Dolphins' starting offensive line will play at least a quarter against Cincinnati because I think that's an absolute fact based on the way they've handled that group in the first two preseason games. You know, we crack up about this all the time. Fact, by the way. Um, <laughs> they need to play. And for some reason of all the positions – the one group that like, all right, no, no, we got to kind of rest him and wide receivers be careful. Oh, our defensive backs are limping a little bit or, but the, the big guys, they're like, they're fine. Uh, go just, out just there. Let them play. They're going to pound on each other. It's like, you know, they, it takes a lot to get those guys hurt. They want to play and they need the work. So I expect now this Eichenberg thing getting nicked up at practice on Thursday mm -hmm. Might change things a little bit, um, but all that means to me, Jesse Davis probably going to play a little bit. Maybe wasn't going to play at all before this if Eichenberg can't play, but I think this moves up a couple of guys there. When you look at Greg Little and uh, Coleman, um, the guy that you you traded for and a guy you drafted in the seventh round, probably going to play a lot of football as your starting tackles potentially in this game. Yeah, I think there's some good potential with both of those guys, too. Coleman has flashed a little bit in the instances that I've seen between the preseason games when he's got in there. You know, you hear or I read good reports from the practice. Uh, and Greg Little is obviously very toolsy. He was a second-round pick. He was the 37th overall player by Carolina in 2019. And Miami was interested in him in that draft process. And Brian Flores said our draft process really helped us feel as though this was a shot we wanted to take. So, um I mean, I'll be interested to see, especially with Greg Little, how much volume he gets, what side of the line he's going to be asked to play. It's all, right. you know, he, he got Good a little one. bit of a run at right tackle uh, on Thursday's practice. So if he shows he can pick that up, you know, th I think that would be huge for the the flexibility and stability of the, the offensive line for uh, heaven forbid, if somebody does get hurt or Liam Eikenberg needs to miss an extended period of time, you feel a little bit better about it, but uh, Joe, it seems like Solomon Kinley is back in the driver's seat. We talked before the Chicago game and said, hey, if Liam, Liam's still there after the Chicago game, he's probably going to stick there. And well, lo and behold, he got hurt on the, the second pad of practice against easy. Chicago. Right. And Solomon's been there ever since. So would, would you agree with that assessment that, that Solomon is kind of not pencil, but pen and not Sharpie yet? But pen, Solomon Kinley there at left guard. So, so here's my read talking to, to the guys without getting into names, with, with the team. So they love how physical he is, man. You want your offensive line to be physical. When he hits you and, and, and he's playing against, you know, let's be honest, a lot of these defensive tackles, including Cincinnati this week's got three guys over 340 at the tackle position, a defensive tackle position. He gets after it. He's the most physical guy coming off the ball on this offensive line. They love when they see it. Now with that, with that comes some whiffs, some bad footwork, getting beat on some plays. But I think they can live with that going hard as long as the other stuff, and they're seeing more of the good plays. Um, I think their thought now is let's keep that big, wide body somewhere mm -hmm. between 340 and 350 if we're telling the truth, and uh, let him come off the ball. He loves it, and, uh, and let's go with it from there. Yeah, it seemed like he responded really well to when he got pushed down the depth chart a little bit. And he he, did. he, he talked about, you know, I, I just needed to be better. And that's exactly the kind of response you hope for 
in that kind of instance. But, but since we're talking offensive line, here, here's my next um, factor fiction for you. UDFA offensive guard Robert Jones from Middle Tennessee State will make the active roster on the preliminary cut down next Tuesday. Uh, I don't think he's going to be on it. I've looked at the numbers. I've tried to focus on his play. I know they liked him as an undrafted uh, rookie. Mm -hmm. I I know how much they liked him. I do. I know he was one of the two guys they seem to really want to get. I don't think he's done. You know how this works. If it's not 53, go make nine or 10 grand on the practice squad. um, And and they'll take a chance that nobody else falls in love with him or that he hasn't put good enough stuff on, on tape. Um, so I'm going to pass. Hey, by the way, I'm not so sure. This is me. A lot of people disagree that we're still not looking for another offense alignment that uh, may be out there uh, when the cuts are all made that we don't look to bring in another guy. Yeah, I, I look at the offensive line as a good opportunity there and, and probably the running back position, too, with that fourth running back slot. You know, Ooh, you got Savon Ahmed, Miles Gaskin, Malcolm Brown. Um but behind that was the seventh round pick in Jarek Dokes and Patrick Laird and would not be surprised if, if somebody gets cut from a numbers game and, and the obvious name there was Sony Michelle, who just got traded to the Rams. So that's obviously not going to happen, but that would have been one that I could have definitely seen them pouncing on if that opportunity had afforded itself to them. Kyle, if we could ever find out the truth and the Brian Flores relationship with Sony Michelle, he lives here in the off season. I think he really wanted to be here. Um, I don't think there was any way Belichick would trade <laughs> him down here to Brian Flores. Right. And if he can get anything for him, right? Because they ended up pulling a sixth this year and a fourth in 2023. Yeah, they got yeah. a reasonable return for not, not for a first round pick, but for a guy who on their depth chart was going to be the fourth, third running back at the absolute best. They got a reasonable amount of return on him for picks. Yeah, he's a big guy, but yeah, I think Brian Flores will never say this. He would have loved to have had him, man. Mm-hmm. I, I he knows him. He knows him as well as anybody. Um, I think the guy really wanted to be here. The family's down here. Went to American Heritage Plantation here. Uh, works out down here. He's got all his guys, and and uh, yeah, but that's done. It's over. But I'd love to know behind the scenes. Yep. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And if you're looking for a top of the first round protein bar option, Built Bar is the choice for you. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar, and 100% chocolate on all their bars. So whether you're looking for something keto friendly, something to grab and go, something to replace a meal throughout the course of the day, you name it, Built Bar can be it. And right now, you can visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and save 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15, to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. My last one on the offensive side of the ball that I'm fascinated with, I dedicated yesterday's episode entirely to this, and it's the numbers game at wide receiver and tight end combined. Because you can make a case for seven wide receivers, you can make a case for five tight ends but I don't think you're going to be able to do both of them. So do you see them reaching seven at wide receiver or five at tight end 
And if you do, I would love to kind of, or if you don't, I would love to kind of work through the numbers game and some of the names here, because it's, this is an enviable spot to be in where you got too much talent and not enough spots on the roster. But I do not envy the upcoming decisions this weekend based on trying to get those numbers down and fill out the rest of the roster. I feel pretty good about four tight ends. The three guys that put up monster numbers together as a group last year, the best in the history of the franchise, Mm -hmm. what they were able to get 91 catches, a thousand yards, uh, 11 touchdowns. They were really good. Hunter Long's not going anywhere. Third round pick. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be on the active roster. They're not putting him out for somebody to, well, let's see if he can sneak through. That's not going to happen. They're going for tight ends. Uh, Shaheen had a great camp so far. It's been really good. Actually see more of him in, in looking good in practice than we have in, uh, in the preseason games. Um, so I think four, and I think seven's doable, but I keep hearing – Boy, everybody seems to think that a guy that I asked you about and you're going to be asking me about, Jakeem Grant, is uh, I think he's going to play a lot in this last preseason game. And they're going to go, go, go show him what you got. And I think he's got value. I think he's one of okay. the most valuable bubble players you have. And let me with saying all that, he is one of my favorite guys. Um, I know the, the media keeps asking, Hey, you're one of the best return guys. He goes, listen, man, I can play, I can play receiver too. I can get open and, and make big plays. And, and, you know, we all go, oh, okay, but you know, you get hurt a lot. You're a small guy, but he's a proud, strong, tough son of a gun. Um, and he's fast. And I just think you can't have enough speed on a team, but we'll see what happens. So are you, do you feel as though Seathan Carter, even though they just signed him in free agency, he's, he's going to be the one that has no. the ax fall on him. So the thing we don't talk about, and I realize the writers don't do this with those guys this week and none of us, the special teams coordinator is going to have a say in this. He's going to go in and he's going to fight and go, Hey, wait a second, man, this happened. This goes back to Don Shula. Yep. Hey, wait a second, man, with Mike Westoff. Like, I see you got backups, but those backups you have at these positions, we're, we're not, I can't help your field position, and we can't have big plays with this group. So with a 53-man roster, you got to give me a core of four or five guys that I know are going to make a whole bunch of my plays, and I don't see their name anywhere in this meeting with the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator. So to your point, and I'm doing it too, and I'm going back on, wait a second, man. We got to have four or five guys we can count on. We get this great field position, and and I know they're not touchdowns. I'm going off the Chicago game. We got yep. four returns. We're in midfield on almost every one, right. setting our offense up on a short field because of those plays. Now, now they weren't touchdowns and they weren't 80 yards, but that 20 to 25 yards that the two return guys got, Waddle and Jakeem, um, sets up in real nice field position. And, and those guys are important. Those four or five guys are a big part of that, that want to play and understand their first job is not to be a blitzing linebacker, but it's to make a whole bunch of tackles and stay with a block for a guy to get better field position. Yeah. Malcolm Perry had a nice return in that game too, you know, and it's, right. he's another one of these guys who in the pecking order, he's probably wide receiver nine. You, you factor in special teams value. He might get up to seven or eight, but it feels like he's a bit of a long shot. They'll probably hope to stash him on the practice squad yeah. as well. Um, 
So let, let's keep it there with special teams because special teams is pretty easy to glaze over because, you know, you, you think about the game of football and, and so much of it is offense and defense, but that third phase of the game is special teams. And this Dolphins team last year won a couple of games right. by being better at special teams, not just field position, but blocking punts like they did in the Chargers game early on, set them up on a short field. The Rams right. game, they had a bunch of big that plays in special no teams. So uh, I think about the linebacker room. And obviously you've got Jerome Baker, Bernardrick McKinney. It's great to see Elan and Roberts back on the field now after, you know, we weren't quite sure when he was going to be ready, what his timetable was. Uh, you got Sam McGuavin, Shaquem Griffin, Duke Riley. These guys can run but it's which one is going to give you the best value on special teams. And you might get two of these three on the active roster. I don't think you're going to get three. I just don't think the numbers are there. So if you had to pick an odd man out, out of that trio, yeah, who, who's, who stands out to you? Um, so I haven't seen Shaquem Griffin make enough plays. Great story. I know coach loves, loves all the things. Um, you know, I go by this. I, I try to go back and watch in practices when I drive it home or I finish doing these preseason games on the radio. And I say, okay, ooh. And if you ever get one of those, did he play today? Like, yeah. gosh, I did. I looked through the roster. And, you know, you tried. To, you get one of those. That's not good, right? I mean, that's just us. You probably feel the same way. And then somebody goes, yeah, he played, you know, 17 plays. You're like, ooh, okay. So I don't know, but you mentioned some really good Duke Riley and Shaquem Griffin. Th those are fast dudes, man. Th mm -hmm. Those are, those are almost safety like speed guys that can really play the put up stupid forties coming out and, and stuff. But the old Calvin Munson's um, Duke Riley, um, Sam McGuavin. So, so we got a lot of people think Sam McGuavin is, is not going to make it. And I'm like, what? Like if preseason matters, how you play, yeah. and you've been a good player coming out of Canada a couple years ago, and you go for 11 tackles, um, running all the games that we love to run, and you get four sacks in the safety, and you play on those special teams, Sam McGuavin's got to be, he's got to be a lock to make this team is, is like the first extra linebacker, right? Well, and he's got two years of sweat equity with this regime too. You know, they brought him in as a, a flyer, as a CFL guy in 2019 and he's stuck ever since. And, you know, the, like you said, it's, it's the fact that he's, he's winning the sacks. We talked last week about manufactured pressures, right? Yes. And the, the games, like you, you just mentioned the games that you play up front with the two and three man twists. And when you're in your pressure situations and you got the linebackers walked up into the B gaps and that's where Sam ate. And if you know full well, you can put him in that situation. And he's not a, a tall guy. He's not a long guy, but he's a condensed guy. And he can play under the pads of offensive linemen. And you're not going to ask him to just go out and beat a guy off the edge with first step explosiveness and length. You understand we're going to run twist game up front. That's very applicable to the regular season. And that's going to be a great peace of mind, especially when, the two practices that I had a chance to come down and see in Miami gardens, he was really physical in the run game as far as, you know, really sticking guys in the hole and triggering downhill. So he was, he was somebody who, in my opinion, you saw the players that were brought into the linebacker room in this off season. You said, okay, he's kind of on notice. 
Well, he's answered the bell. And I don't think there's any question that Guava makes the roster now. Yeah, I, I, I would think so, too. Like, if, if preseason matters, everybody does that. If preseason matters, Sam McGuavin's in, in really good shape. But they have some really good guys that can help you on special teams. And, again, this goes the old defensive coordinator, special teams coach, talking to Brian Flores and going back and forth Monday night, Sunday night on their way home trying to make that that argument and, and that strong emotion they have, I need this guy. And the coordinator goes, yeah, but he's not a good enough linebacker and I need good backup linebackers. And I know if we let this guy go, somebody else is going to pick him up. And that's the stuff that's going to go on behind the scenes between Sunday night on that flight home yep. and uh, and Tuesday afternoon, right? It is that time of year again, and all eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to mark the start of football season. Bet Online is the number one spot for all the pro and college football action this fall. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half million dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at Bet Online. Head over to the website or use your mobile device time of day and receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Bucks and Cowboys, and if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Here's my next factor fiction for you. We we did one of these on the offensive side of the ball. It's about an undrafted free agent. Factor fiction, Trill Williams, defensive back, makes the active roster. I think he makes it. My guy. Um, I love it. I um, So, first of all, Brian Flores has had great success with rookie free agents. Yes. Hello, Nick Needham. Um, so, I, I think they really like him. He's physical. I think they see it uh, in him. And, again, some of his competition, fair or not, has been injured. Mm-hmm. And he has it. And, and this is going to come into play – with, with some of these guys now, not the veteran wide receivers, but I think, I think he's got a little something to him. A couple of years ago at Syracuse, we were talking about this guy being, you know, more than me, Kyle is going to be a pretty good draft pick. Yep. He was going to be up there and he was feeling good. And he doesn't lack confidence. And he will tell you if he makes a play, hell, he'll put it up on social media in case you <laughs> forgot what I did. How about this? And that's a little something to you that, I think the coach likes, if there's a rookie free agent, I'm going to go right there. You hit it. Yeah, it's it's it, we at the Draft Network had him as a fringe top 100 player, and it was the medicals that caused him to, to really drop in the draft. And obviously he goes to New Orleans, fails his physical, and then he comes to Miami. And Crazy story. You know, it's it's like you said, it's that demeanor. When you think about that prototypical swagger that a defensive back has, this – saga for him it really feels like it has helped develop this massive chip on his shoulder that correct how dare you doubt me and you you think about the attitude of gerald alexander as defensive backs coach and brian flores and 
I'd be willing to bet. I haven't had a chance to talk to any of those guys about Trey Williams, but I'd be willing to bet anything. They absolutely eat that attitude up. Yeah. And, and listen, everybody knows about him. And again, because uh, I heard Brian Flores say this this week, we got to look at the guys we like and the guys that other teams might be interested in if we let mm-hmm. them go. And, and so, and something tells me that Trill has done enough that he has done it. They've seen it. He's a good sized guy too. And, um, and so, yeah, that's going to be my guy, man. If, uh, if we want, and again, the chip on your shoulder, the something to prove. And Brian Flores likes that. He likes some of that on the team. Hey, listen, nobody, Nick Needham, I keep waiting. Where's all these guys going to beat Nick Needham and you bring in veteran uh, defensive backs and nickel guys and, you bring in first round picks and I'm, I'm looking around and Nick Needham every it's day, Nick. every day is the best player. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I filed my official apology to Nick Needham on yesterday's <laughs> show. Cause I said at the beginning of the off season, you need more competition for this guy. It's been a great story. He's been really scrappy, but at the end of the day, he's a UDFA. His physical tools aren't great. He's a little grabby at the top of routes. Well, you know, if your instincts are there, you can really get by with a lot and you can outperform better athletes. And that's what we've seen all camp and all preseason from Nick and his play against Chicago was phenomenal. So, so the question is, I think he's your best nickel back, which mm-hmm. I think the team's coming around to that. And I'm not so sure he's your best outside third corner. I would agree with both at this point in time. Which is not the way we really wanted it when we talked about the importance of these last two drafts, but the best guy's going to play. One thing you know about Coach Flores, whether I paid a lot of money for a veteran free agent or you're a high draft pick, if I got somebody better than you are, I got to win games. I can't worry about the other stuff because the last time I checked, the most important thing is going 10 and 6, not how I use Tua and, and those type of things. Right. He doesn't have time for that. I'll work, it, I'll work on that when it's his time. I got to win games. That's a great segue to the last thing that I had for you. And it's, it's kind of a theory and it, it's kind of been expanded on because Javon Holland's been banged up a little bit, but I think about going into week one, playing the new England Patriots need to make sure your communication on the back end is really sharp. And I can't help but feel that Jason McCourty isn't going to end up being your starting free safety to open the season, not at the end of the year, maybe not in October, but for week one specifically, would factor fiction, Jason McCourty is the starting free safety. Oh, I would agree 100%. Knows the team, um, communicating everything he lacks physically that the rookie has, as you mentioned, and it's not going to last forever because mm-hmm. that kid is a playmaking son of a gun, young and athletic, and has done nothing but make plays since he's been in college. So I would think he's going to get a back – I do love what they say about McCordy. Understanding part of his job is to get this kid ready. Yep. I love it. Um, I think that's the agreement that he has with his coach. It's not just to come in and show you can still play at 33 years old. Um, you're going to play because of your experience, but it's also going to be get our first guy in the second round of this draft, get him ready to go, show him how to communicate. Biggest thing knock on him has been communication. And then, you know, people are going, why didn't you tell me? Now it's officially a broken coverage and we got a tight end for Chicago turning, walking in backwards. We got to talk, man. So that, that communication, especially when you do as many different things as the dancing seven and all the different looks you want to get on that defense, 
you got like marriage, man. You got to communicate. Oh, right. hold on. Right, honey. Yeah. She said, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, it really, I loved McCordy's attitude with it when he was asked this past week and, and he said, it's, it's not hard to be a mentor because I think of guys like Cortland Finnegan who were there for me when I first got into the league and he was a sixth round pick and all those guys invested in him. And lo and behold, he's been to the top of the mountain. Hopefully we, he gets a second Super Bowl ring while he's down here in South Florida. That'd be pretty tremendous for, for everybody involved and uh, everybody watching, but uh, hopefully the next achievement for him is getting Javon Holland to that point where he can live up to his full potential because as you said doesn't take much to see that Javon Holland's got a nose for the football that I would say is really only rivaled in our secondary at this point in time by Xavier Howard just based off the number of plays and turnover opportunities that he creates right it's all there but you know anytime you ask coach Flores about any position on the defense the first word out of his out of his mouth as far as what is necessary to execute at a high level is communication. And yeah, it's crazy to put on his plate. Of all the things that go on in a football, and they're going, you got to communicate, man. They're they're doing a lot of things, and we all got to be on the same page. If somebody's going to be wide open, it's going to be a mental mistake, and it's going to be an ugly, ugly play for sure. So, you're right, but uh, yeah, I I just look at that with him, and, and that leads me to to something else I, I wanted to talk to you about for just a second. That is for Dolphin fans. And these drafts are important. And Javon and the rest of those guys, if this team's going to get better, it's going to be the growth of last year and this year's drafts, specifically the top 12 picks that we've taken uh, in the first three rounds over the last two years. Um, they, they have to grow. Not all of them. I know we're going to miss on some because that's the way the game goes. Injury right. plays a part. But – we got to get some big growth in those guys real fast. Those young, talented guys have got to look the part. Yeah, and Brian Flores said said as much as himself uh, at the end of the draft back in I think it was May, and he said, you know, "the the guys that are on the team now are going to determine how high we fly as a team." And I'm paraphrasing there, but oh, you're right. um, yeah, when when you have, and that was part of the vision that was sold to Stephen Ross with this team was. No, we're going to invest in the draft and we're going to build a, a long-term winner. Well, you look at the nucleus of this team and it's deep and they have physical talent, but it's a question of who puts the pieces together, who makes incremental steps forward, who makes moderate steps forward and who takes large steps forward. And from a law of averages perspective, you'll probably get a little bit of everything. Uh, but the ones who take that monumental leap, have the potential to really catapult this team from what they've been 500, nine and seven, seven and nine. Obviously now there's 17 games, 10 and six yeah. last year. Right. To being what we all hope and expect this team to be with say what you will about the town on the field. The one thing I will never question on this team is the coaching on this team. I love the way Brian Flores delegates. I love the way, you know, he, he handles his business with his players and, and the player relations and you go back and you watch any number of games from last year. I just just happened to watch uh, the Dolphins-Chargers game from last year the other day, and they're shooting themselves in the foot. They're, it's fourth and three, and inside the 20-yard line, the Chargers jump off sides and give the Dolphins a fresh first down. They go and score a touchdown, four-point right. swing, and what ended up being a close game at the end. 
The Dolphins don't do that. And a lot of that is that takes no talent that everybody kind of rolls their eyes at because it's cliche. But no, that that's the kind of messaging that, that you hear guys like Javon Holland come in and they're automatically preaching it right off the top. So I think that that's that's such an exciting dynamic of that. But I agree with you 100 percent. It's we know who the guys are going to be. It's just how good can you be and how fast? Right. So um, fundamentally, I say this to all Dolphin fans, hey, what do you think? And, and Kyle, I'm sure you get this all the time too. Fundamentally, this is the best head coach we've had in a long, long time without getting into all the names of the recent, but the number growing of head coaches. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, this guy's been the best as far as discipline, Um uh, it's communication with his players, whether they like what he has to say or not. There's no secrets. There's no hiding upstairs when the players are downstairs. He's got a good pulse on this team, but, but I love it. Discipline. Um, if you have an assignment, stick to it. Don't, don't try. I mean, all those things. And he said uh, great stuff on social media with the Miami dolphins. I'm going to coach you up and my coaches are going to coach you up. Yep. We owe that to you. So you can be the best. And I was like, man, it's, it's like a high school. It's like a, it's a college and he's doing it the pro level. He's taking, talking to these, these NFL guys, a lot of millionaires looking at him, mm-hmm. a lot of guys that got million dollars signing bones looking at him and goes, we're going to coach you up, man. And, and I owe, I owe you that. And I owe this organization that to give, make sure you're the best you can be. And I hope you love it every day. And I was like, wow. All right, Flo. Real easy to buy into that message. Man, it was great. Real easy to hit subscribe here on Locked on Dolphins podcast. Real easy to go listen on WQAM, Joe Rose show every morning. Him, Zach, great gang. I love talking with him every week. So We love having you, man. We oh, love having you. But I got to tell you, this is, uh, this is great stuff. I love what you do. Uh, I really do. You, you were on target with so much stuff, man, or at least we, maybe everybody thinks we're crazy, but, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's good stuff. And it's fun to talk about, especially with, with the big one coming up. And I, like I said, probably 35 to 80 are expected to play when you, when you look at the injuries and the veteran players, they're going to keep those guys out. Probably the last 45 guys will play most, if not all of that game. Minus the offensive line, probably right. play a little bit more, but it's going to be big. And a lot of people got that last preseason. Ah, let's get this over. You're going to have, you're going to have a few guys going to have a chance to, and they know they don't have to be told. Let me put together the game of my friggin' life. It's, it's a different kind of intensity and a different kind of urgency. But like you said, it's, it's guys playing for their jobs and playing for their dreams. And if you can't appreciate that, Give it another chance on Sunday when the right. Dolphins play the Bengals. Yeah, you got Joe it. Rose, everybody. Joe, cheers. Really right back at you, buddy. Thank football you. Football with you. See this you is- sipping on something. Good for you, man. Yeah, it's it's a it's a Thursday evening happy hour. You know, got to hang loose. You're the best. So I, I you know I did my best not to sip it during the show though. I said let me let me get through to the end here and then I'll I'll sip it at the end. So. I jacked the coffee from you. You're drinking the good stuff, man. Good for you. Thanks for listening to Locked On Dolphins. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your Friday. We will talk with you in the aftermath of the Dolphins preseason contest against the Cincinnati Bagels. Kyle Krabs, Joe Rose, thanks as always for listening to Locked On Dolphins. We hope to talk to you guys again soon.